Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tent Talks. We are meeting again with our special guest, Morgan Gonzalez. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, she was on last week, Mm -hmm. and she talked a lot about her journey becoming a therapist, learning about trauma, and then opening up, you made mention of opening up this ketamine clinic in Utah, Yes, and that's where we're picking up today. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, go ahead and give it a listen. Morgan, for those who've never heard of ketamine, yeah. tell us what it is. Uh, the beauties of ketamine. Yeah. Well, ketamine is a man-made analgesic. And what that means is that it is not medicinal-based as far as like plant-based medicine. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. So oh, don't quote me on my dates, but I would say back in, I believe it was 1947-ish, mm-hmm. ketamine was used on um, humans. So that was the first time that ketamine was used on humans. And ketamine has been around for a really long time. So ketamine is a very safe analgesic. Ketamine is something that if your child was to have surgery under a certain age, they give them ketamine. Ketamine is given to cancer patients who kind of, they become opiate tolerant. And so no longer are pain medications working for them. So we would send our cancer patients down to the ICU and they would be put on a ketamine drip and Mm. it regenerates the neurotransmitters. And then they are able to have more relief from their pain medications. So ketamine is actually a really wonderful medication. It has really low side effects. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have craveable properties. So people will talk about ketamine being used on the streets or ketamine being addictive. It can be used as an addictive substance, but it's not a craveable substance. So people who do ketamine don't all of a sudden be like, oh, I need ketamine again and again and again. Um, but you can become addicted to ketamine. And okay. so that's an interesting distinction. Yeah. It is not craveable, but you can become addicted to it mm-hmm. just because of something like within yourself where you're seeking that same that relief. Ex- yeah, that yeah. same relief. Yeah. So ketamine is really amazing. Ketamine is legal, it is used in the medical field as a legal analgesic. And so one thing about ketamine also is that they have been using ketamine for quite a long time in kind of VA vets and also active duty military. And why they do that is because not only does ketamine give us a pain relief, we kind of call it like a pain vacation, Mm. but ketamine on top of that separates the emotion from the memory. So when we have active duty military personnel who have had some pretty traumatic experiences, they can get ketamine in the field and then be put back into duty because they are able to process through really traumatic events and it separates the Mm -hmm. memory from the emotion. Separates the memory from the emotion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So ketamine's really cool if you used appropriately and also in an appropriate setting with a therapist let's and talk, a doctor. Yeah, let's talk about what used appropriately means. Yeah. And like, yeah, setting and... Set and setting. Set and setting. <laughs> yeah. Set and setting. So interestingly enough, we are approaching a psychedelic renaissance in mental health therapy. Renaissance. Oh, renaissance. Um, which is really quite cool because Stan Groff, who is the holotropic breath work, he's a big name in the psychedelic community. And then also you have some really big renaissance 
players in here that have been working with psychedelics and mental health for years. Well, how I understand it is we were gaining a lot of momentum and research uh-huh. in the 60s in and In the 70s. 60s, yep. And then what happened is that you had- people, The war on drugs. Yep, the war on drugs came through and quashed really big studies that were happening. Yeah. So there were a lot of studies that were going on. People were really invested. They had spent years and years studying psychedelics and mental health. And then it got quashed because of the war on drugs. And then LSD became kind of like that. Don't do LSD because then you'll be like the hippies. Yeah. And you'll lose your mind. Or your brain will be scrambled eggs or whatever. And so then all of a sudden you have, you know, set back 40 years. So now what you're seeing is 40 years towards us now, and we're looking at how psychedelics and mental health actually have a huge component of healing processes. Well, and how many people since the pandemic have large amounts of trauma to process? Tons of trauma to process. We are left with this big void and seeking answers. And I think Mm -hmm. that more than anything has really triggered the Renaissance. It was coming before, but I think people who would have never looked at it before Yeah are open to that now because of what happened during 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And the beautiful thing about it is that ketamine is available, right? So Mm -hmm. ketamine at this juncture for all intensive purposes is legal in the medical field. Ketamine is still, you know, pretty highly regulated as far as with the mental health field. So there is a huge thing in the ketamine community with mental health where insurance does not pay for so there's intermuscular you- and IV ketamine. And ketamine is also not approved specifically as a treatment for certain mental health diagnoses. So what is it approved for? That's the hard part. Ah, okay. <laughs> so this is why I always say that Utah is like the wild, wild west of ketamine. You have people seeking ketamine treatment for medication-resistant depression, pretty much, is what okay. um, people are really looking for ketamine to help with, is that individuals who have struggled with depression for years and years, there's no more medication that can really help them. They are getting ketamine. Okay. And so what we saw is ketamine became really popular with anesthesiologists and medical doctors to give to clients to help with relief of medication-resistant depression. Then now we're seeing that ketamine can be used for pretty intense anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder. It can be helpful in relief of pain. It also can be helpful for harm reduction with substance abuse. So there is a lot of work now going on with using ketamine for chronic pain Mm -hmm. because we believe that chronic pain has a factor of trauma no matter what, right? Underlying chronic pain. As a body worker, I 1000% agree with that. And ketamine will give people a pain break and they can also process their journey. But it is not available for everybody because there's some loopholes and yeah. you have to be able to pay for it, I guess. You have to be able to pay for it. Yeah. And is it an expensive treatment? So what I know, there are a lot of programs and a lot of clinics out in Utah that are just kind of pumping people through. So they are just, you know, thousands of dollars, six sessions, you're going in, they're giving you ketamine and you're setting in a room to process yourself. For my clinic specifically, we have been 
really working on ethical practice around ketamine. And so for me, it is having a doctor who is a doctor of nurse practitioner with a psychiatric background. And then myself, I am a therapist. I am trained in trauma work. I am trained in ketamine work. And I am also a psychedelic psychotherapist. And you were one of the first in the state of Utah. Yeah. Through the program that I went through, my doctor and I went through the same exact program and we're both certified to do this work, which is also really important because we have hours and hours of training underneath our belt. Plus, we've been doing this work for over five years. And so when you come into our clinic, you are screened not only by my doctor, but you're screened by me, you get an intake. If we don't feel like it's a good fit for you, we'll offer you therapy until we feel like it might be a good fit. If we feel like the diagnostic criteria isn't there for you to get it, we're not going to offer it to you. Mm -hmm. And there are certain diagnostic criteria and diagnoses that should not be given ketamine. But we're also finding that there's a lot of clinics who are foregoing this and they are just giving people ketamine. If you have a general doctor or an anesthesiologist that doesn't know how to do a full psychosocial assessment and they're just giving someone ketamine, there can be some really big implications. That could to throw this. you into like a psych break. You can have psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. If given ketamine and not screened for specific diagnoses. Now, this is interesting to me. I don't know who would be interested in the audience, but you mentioned several ways of receiving. Yeah intramuscular and IV. IV. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that and the differences? And Yeah. So the protocol that we do in the office is we offer intramuscular or we offer IV. It's six sessions once per week. Mm -hmm. And then you have integration session with me afterwards. And then you have a follow-up medically with our doctor. What are the benefits to yeah. muscular versus IV? Yeah. So intermuscular is really quick. So with my timing and the things that I've been kind of working through with all the work that I have done, intermuscular, you go in probably about one to two minutes. Like you're definitely feeling it about five to seven minutes. You're really into your space and your journey. And about 15 to 20 minutes, you are down. Other people would call it the K-hole. We call it the most healing part of your psychedelic journey. Mm. And so then within 15 minutes, you're up and out and you're kind of processing and you're able to maybe like wiggle your fingers where you can do some somatic work with me at that time. And then you kind of come up and out and all together about 50 minutes and wow. you're up and out. And then we're processing your journey and doing some work afterwards. Mm -hmm. IV is a little different. It's about two hours. Okay. Um, so IV, you go in pretty softly. It takes about 30 to 37 minutes to get kind of into your deepest healing part of your journey. And then you come out probably about 20 to 25 minutes. And then about, I would say, an hour and a half total from start of your infusion, you're able to kind of process a little bit with mm -hmm. me. So everything's a little different on how we give it in the mm -hmm. clinic. And then after though, you are offered sublingual, there is a nasal, and there's also a troche, which is kind of like a little wax pill that you would put under your tongue. My doctor offers mm. troches. Okay. What does that do? So this is really for individuals who have done the series of six and they found a, a pretty big benefit to it. Our doctor will offer if they meet criteria to have kind of some more work at home. So you can take trochees mm -hmm. at home. They're covered by insurance. Ooh. Um, and this is something that a lot of our clients will do 
you know, once a week or every other week. Some people will will sometimes do it daily if they need it. And this really keeps the effects of ketamine going longer, Mm -hmm. especially with depression. So this is really for medication resistant depression where people just struggle and they don't, maybe they don't want to take an antidepressant anymore. And they can take this, you know, trochaeketamine and feel the benefits. Um, It's not a hallucinogenic state, but it is kind of like a little microdose is what we would call it of ketamine. Yeah. And the thing that this is changing is that some people won't ever have to be on an antidepressant with really bad side effects. Some people will be able to live their life with a low side effect medication that really changes the way that their brain chemistry works. So ketamine, because of its component and what it does to our brain is it's like a rewiring of the brain. Mm -hmm. So what we would say is if you, you know, you grow up with certain cognitive distortions or narratives that we create where if I'm someone who has suicidal ideation, and something bad happens and I go straight to suicide, I should die. I'm not that great. I, I, the world would be better off without me. What ketamine does is it's like a snowfall for your brain. It rewires it. It restarts those neurosynapses and it really helps it kind of regenerate itself. Mm. And then maybe you still might think of suicide, but it's not the first thing you jump to. Maybe it's like, oh, this thing happened. Oh, I would normally think about suicide. Oh, but I see that there's some other way. You find a new pathway. Yeah, there's a new pathway. And so it's creating all these new neural pathways and it's always doing the work. Even when you're not getting ketamine, there's still kind of a, a longer tell on it where it's still doing its work. Even because you've created the pathway. Yeah. And so people have some really beautiful journeys in ketamine where we talk about the meaning of life, we can process through trauma, we can look at things that have been really hidden and deep. I always say that ketamine is like therapy on steroids, Mm. where (laughs) I I can get five sessions of therapy done in one ketamine session, especially if I'm working with trauma. And that takes a really big expertise. And it also takes a really concrete knowledge of myself and my own healing intelligence and my own energy that I bring when I'm with a client and how I can help them work through that trauma without having them re-traumatize themselves and mm-hmm. without causing more harm, right? Yeah. So this is something why a therapist should always be involved in all ketamine experiences is because we're doing some really hard work in there. Our brain is really letting down the veil between our conscious and our subconscious brain and really giving me access to the most vulnerable parts of you. And to do that alone by myself would be really scary, right? And so that's where our clinic has just really valued our ethics around this. And we are not in it to just get money from people. That's the last of our worries. Really what we want is we want to create more ethical practice here in Utah. Raise the bar. Yeah. The standard process procedure. Standard should be a therapist. Now, something interesting about ketamine that I have heard about is years ago when there were all of those kids that got trapped in that tunnel and then the tides were rising Mm -hmm. and time was of the essence, there was a proposal to give the children ketamine. And there was so much pushback, you know, don't do it, don't do it. But because of the lack of oxygen, they needed to be relaxed, Mm -hmm. their anxiety needed to go down, and they kind of needed to be in a sedated place. So the proposal was sedation, like a a relaxation with ketamine, and it got approved. Mm -hmm. And these kids made it out alive. And the people who were with them, the guides that were these, like, expert cliff cave jumper men, they they died, but the children survived. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of thanks to ketamine, really. Yeah. And that was one of like the first stories that I heard about ketamine that got me interested. I was like, 
this is a medicine Mm -hmm. that's safe enough to give to children who are in a highly traumatic state, trapped in a cave. Yeah. And yet we still have stigma around it. Oh, lots of stigma. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting that even like our, so I'm obviously regulated by a a board, Doppel, right? Mm -hmm. And even for them to have not come out and said, you know, like, this would be ethical practice, or this is how we deal with this. It's kind of just quiet. No one's really talking about it. And that's why you have the wild, wild west going on. And it's not just in Utah, it's across the country. But you know, Utah is my back door, right? And so I'm avidly against anybody receiving a psychedelic without a therapist present because of that. You know, the sheer fact that it gives us your most vulnerable part or the sheer fact that like, it can, you know, it can, cause you to be ego dissonance, right? So it dissolves your ego. Our ego is what regulates us. It helps us navigate the rules and it helps us kind of see ourselves within our environment. And if you have something that dissolves your ego and relaxes you that much with your body in a, you know, still in a chair in an office, you've got to feel safe. You've got to have someone with you in order when you reach out and say, I'm struggling. And I say, I'm here for you. I'm available to you. My energy is with your energy and I'm holding all this healing space set and setting, right? Mm -hmm. And holding a safe container for these journeys instead of just looking at someone and saying, here you go, have a psychedelic, best of luck, figure out what's going on with you. And then be back in a week for your next yeah, session. Come back. And sometimes Pay we'll do pocket. two sessions a week. Mm-hmm. Really pump you out of there. And so I just think ketamine is such a beautiful medication and should be respected. There is, in the psychedelic community, we talk a lot about the protective values of plant-based psychedelics, right? So ayahuasca, psilocybin, and really kind of how we honor that. And also there's a, you know another part of the psychedelic community that's only using ketamine, And sometimes we're looked at ketamine as like, oh, well, it's man-made, so it doesn't have these components and it doesn't grow from the earth. And maybe it's it's got a different aspect, but I don't believe that. I believe that ketamine is just as honorable as plant-based medicine because ketamine really does some very beautiful work. And I've seen people who have had depression for 40 years and missed most of their lives get ketamine and say, Morgan, the fog isn't gone, but at least I can see through the fog. I can spend Mm. time with my grandkids. And that to me alone should be honored as a medicine, right? That can give us that much power and and ketamine safe for all intensive purposes. You know, we monitor your heart rate and we monitor your oxygen and your blood pressure, but that's it, right? It Mm -hmm. doesn't decompress your lungs. It doesn't make you stop breathing. It, It really is this really beautiful medication that we've had for years and years and years. And because of government oversight and because of the war on drugs, it was never available to us. And now it is. And now it's really exciting. And so instead of, you know, backdooring that, right, and people practicing unethically, if we practiced ethically from the beginning, yes. moving forward, we would have a greater responsibility to ourselves and to our clients, but also to the psychedelic community as a whole. Because now you have MDMA being over at John Hopkins, you have a psilocybin trial at the U of U right in our back door for cancer clients. And cancer patients are getting psilocybin and they're able to really look at their lives and they're processing their deaths and they're they're really having these beautiful spiritual mystical journeys and they're not afraid and they're not afraid of death and dying and they're and they're looking at their family and saying i can see things differently and why would we not honor ourselves to give ourselves that relief at end of life yeah and then you've got you know Oregon and Colorado decriminalizing decriminalizing psilocybin which is super exciting mm-hmm. and and I hope that as a community here in Utah we can also destigmatize addiction 
And that is something that's also beautiful about the psychedelic community is that we are harm reductionists, which doesn't mean that we look at things of like, you can't use drugs, right? Like we don't look at like, you need to be abstinent. You need to be sober. We look at it more of like, can we use psychedelics to help reduce your use? Can we process your trauma that's driving your use? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we see that people stop using as much. Yeah, Ketamine is actually being, I believe it was out of California. There is a women's psychedelic program out there. And there is a doctor out there who's doing phenomenal things with pain, fibromyalgia, MS, Mm, and also substance abuse. Those things all get lumped. Oh, all lumped into it. Yeah. You get a certain diagnosis Mm -hmm. for chronic pain Mm -hmm. or for an autoimmune. And all of a sudden you're in this category where no one has solutions for you. It's just like, well, deal with it. You've got this lifelong thing, figure it out. And that's true. You do get the opportunity to figure it out. But what you're figuring out is you have something that will trigger or offset Mm -hmm. your symptoms. What most people are ignoring that that is emotional, that's trauma-based. Yeah. It's not just barometric pressure, full moon, uh, <laughs> something, you know, gluten, Something's sugar. Something's wrong with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, hey, I had some big feelings that, you know, triggered some trauma, but I don't have the tools because we're in this world where we separate mind and body. Mm-hmm. And that's such a disservice for autoimmune, you know, symptoms, diagnosis. Yeah. And people with, yeah, chronic conditions. Yeah. I just have so much compassion because I see it and I've tried to validate it. Mm-hmm. But little old me is just little old me. <laughs> no little old me. There's there's <laughs> like only, you know, so much that you can trust from your like super far out massage therapist telling you <laughs> that like emotions are stored in your body. You yeah. know, like for some people, that's just so revolutionary and just like I'm immediately dismissed because that's so hard to believe. Yeah. But it's like the truth. Yeah. It's the plague of our time. Yeah. Right? Is substance abuse and mental illness that yeah. has been left untreated. Yeah. Right? That that we really talk about like if you think of it in that context, this is the plague of our time and it's very devastating that instead of society talking about it and opening it up and being more evolved just as human beings in kindness and respect and and understanding we stigmatize we shame we we pathologize right so mm-hmm. oh they're an addict that's their problem there's something wrong with them mm-hmm. what we're finding is there's nothing wrong with them They've never been given the opportunity to talk about the immense trauma or the immense emotional pain that they have. And, and they're using something to numb that. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do with ethical ketamine clinics and use is looking at with a therapist, can you process some of these things that you have repressed so deep into your subconscious brain that there is no way all the talk therapy in the world that I can do as a trauma expert, there's no way that I can get to your subconscious there. And so if you have repressed this so deeply down and I can give you ketamine with a doctor and we can talk about even just some of the making meaning of life or or how did this feel in your body or releasing some of that tension and and letting your subconscious do the work because you're your own healing intelligence, right? So you are your own healer. Mm-hmm. You are everything that Absolutely. you need at your mm-hmm. fingertips. And so if you look at it that way, you can heal yourself if you are given the right tools. But behavioral modification and telling people that 
they can't use or if they use again, they're bad or all of these behavioral modifications that we have been doing for years and years in substance abuse isn't working, obviously. Yeah. Like, hello. (laughs) Um, Have you followed Gabor Mate, his work? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. The thing that he said that revolutionized the way I thought about addiction is you found a solution. Great. You're an alcoholic. You found a solution Mm -hmm. to trauma. Yeah. Good job. It was working up until a point and then it didn't work anymore. And I think human beings, we are so evolved and we will find solutions. Some of them are just not helpful. Yep. But like if we are in immense pain or distress, we'll find something to soothe that. And mm-hmm. that's a level of intelligence. Yeah. It just may not always be effective and yeah. sustainable. If we think about the capacity of the human brain, mm-hmm. right? Our brains are magnificent. It will tell us to do whatever it can to keep us out of uncomfortability. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. Morgan, when I think about my parents and I think what their life could be like if they did ketamine Mm -hmm. or did therapy or even had conversation and tools, like that impact for what it could have done for my life and for my siblings' life, like I, I just can't even imagine what a gift that would have offered yeah. And it's not to like blame them. It's just they were living in a time when everything was so shut down. Yep. And what are they going to do now? You know? Yeah. Now they're tightly comfortable where they, <laughs> but yes, they are comfortable in doing what they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this revolution, this renaissance that we're a part of, it's so big and it's, it's huge. It's changing generations. Yeah. It could literally almost eradicate some of the need for medications that we know have horrific side effects. If you think of your standard antidepressant that causes weight gain, low sex drive, low sex drive, fatigue, anxiety. So then we have to give you another medication to decrease the anxiety. And now you're on a different medication that has other side effects. And and I just, I, I think of that in my own context of having- And you a, build up the tolerance. Yeah, and then we keep changing and then we keep moving and then all of a sudden we need to see someone else. And, and I look at that in my own context of my own anxiety, right? And, and looking at how can I manage, how can I get as many tools in my toolbox as I can for my anxiety, but having ketamine- available Mm -hmm. to someone say like me who has anxiety who's had you know some postpartum trauma who's also had some childhood developmental trauma some sexual assault trauma all of those different things i can go in with a therapist and get ketamine and i can really work through a lot of those things and it also helps me to recognize that i am my own inner healer and i can have tools to help me manage my anxiety yeah just that alone right is game-changing Yes. For someone to function better in life. And speaking from my own experience, um, when you become a certified ketamine assisted psychotherapist, you do have to have ketamine. You have to know about what your client is experiencing and you have to be able to walk them through it. You have to be able to have your own distress in a ketamine experiential to make sure that you know what you need at that time or your client needs that. And, And so in doing my own work with ketamine, I've really been able to process a lot of the things that 
were staying stuck inside of me or areas where I just wasn't really sure about spirituality and mysticism. Like I, I wasn't really sure what that looked like for me and, and being able to journey and say like, oh, this is what meaning of life looks like for me. And this is what my spirituality is. And this is where I find my soul and my spirit. Just that alone is healing, Mm -hmm. but that's all me. I'm doing that. And to have someone there with me in case I get stuck or I get nervous, ketamine and other psychedelics can have, you know, a death component. We all have death anxiety, you know, as, as Yalom would say, everyone has death anxiety and how we deal with it is really impactful. We can, we can set around and kind of stay stuck in like, you know, this is what it means and I don't want to die or we can embrace it and we can say like, let's get curious about end of life or let's let's look into the dark to find the light. You know, there's suffering and beauty and there's beautiful suffering. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We learned that from last episode. I just want to touch on one thing that I'm hearing and what you're saying and reflect it back. And that is this component of being like your own healer mm-hmm. and your own your own referral source. Like you're not giving away your power to anybody. I've had some psychedelic work, but the big thing that I did do is I I increased my personal power and capacity. Yeah. And that's huge for a codependent like me. Yeah. I love me some codependence. I am also a recovering emotional codependent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but just feeling so powerful and empowered in your body. Yeah. And building some trust. Yeah. That is one thing that I would say of all the ketamine journeys that I have ever had and all the ketamine journeys that I have facilitated and, you know, got the honor to be part of. Every single client comes out saying, I know me. Mm -hmm. I know me. Like I now know like the most inner depths of me and and I love who I am and I'm more empowered because I don't feel like it's just this powerlessness of unknown or mm-hmm. I'm I'm living in fear-based anxiety or scarcity or you know what will happen right or what's going like what's going on with me and people who do this work do they they say I feel just more empowered in in where I stand maybe not everything's answered and nothing's cured ketamine is not a cure Ketamine is a catalyst. And that's something else that people are forgetting is sometimes they'll come in and they'll say, I would like to be cured of my depression with ketamine. And I say, whoa, those are unrealistic expectations. What we're saying is ketamine is a catalyst to your own internal healing. It does help with your neural pathways and it does help with medication resistant depression. But it's also just a catalyst. So as your own internal healer, you have to take that catalyst and then work with it, right? And become yeah. more empowered it's around It's the beginning that. It's of the journey. It's just the beginning of your yeah. journey. Yeah. I love that. To set realistic expectations and to not give away your power again by saying this thing outside of me is going to yeah. do all the work. Yeah. But it's like, no, just do the work. Just get curious. Get curious. Now, my favorite part about a journey is I just say, just get curious. Just get curious. Curiosity is the base of love. Oh, I love it. Yeah. If we all stayed curious, think of what would happen. Morgan, where can we find your clinic? Tell us where you're located. So I'm Therapy Transformed Mm -hmm. and we are therapists. We are an all women's therapy practice. We are LGBTQIA affirming and we are everywhere of Utah. We take clients from everywhere. We are telehealth based, but we have offices in Heber, Provo and Salem. 
Dr. Josh Hooten is who I work with in Salem at his clinic. He is Life Tree Psychiatry and Ketamine Clinics of Utah. And him and I do ketamine out of our Salem clinic. So you can always find us at www.therapytransform.com. You can just reach out to me. You can always email me, morgan at therapytransform.com. And if you're interested, we will hopefully be able to help you. I'm feeling hope. Thank you so much for being on and explaining everything and really giving perspective to the healing journey. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.